If you have your copy of God's Word, you please turn to the book of Romans. Romans chapter 8. Be taking our text from this morning. Romans chapter 8. We're going to be looking at verses 19 through 23 this morning, Lord willing. Romans chapter 8, starting with verse 19. And here the Bible says, For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who hath subjected the same in hope. Because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption, to wit, the redemption of our body. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you for the reading of your word this morning. We need your help to be able to understand just exactly what you want us to know. And Lord, we want to give you the glory for it all. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Last week we looked at only verse 18 of this chapter. Uh, wonderful, wonderful verse. And uh, we spent about 45 minutes talking about it, about the suffering of Christian. Uh, Christian suffering and the reason for that being and uh, we, we concluded from that, from what God's Word says is that we suffer because of the cause of Christ, not because of the sickness and things caused by sin. We do suffer from that, but uh, what the Bible's speaking of when you're suffering is suffering for the cause of Christ. And these things one day is going to result into the glory that we will share with the Lord Jesus. And so Paul continues on expounding upon what he just previously said. And I mentioned last week about all those fours that's mentioned. Ten times in this chapter alone, Paul uses the word four to begin the verse. And each four is explaining or expounding more upon the previous verse. And so that's what's happening here in verse 19. He starts out with four. Four of the earnest expectation. And that's what I've titled the message today. Earnest expectation. And... So we pick up here in the four uh, part here. It, uh, for the earnest expectation of the creature waited for the manifestation of the sons of God. Uh, the word creature that's used right here is very interesting. And I've done so much study and research on this, just this word alone. And looking at different commentaries and, and Bible uh, dictionaries and lexicons and everything else, trying to get a proper understanding of the word creature here. And uh, you've got to be very careful who you listen to on things like this. Now, you'll, you'll get some of these uh, guys that, uh, that don't, uh, don't adhere to the King James Bible, and they'll, they'll change that word. Instead of saying creature, they say creation. Now, while it may mean the same thing, uh, that's what our Bible says here in the King James is creature. Now, of course, when we hear the word creature, we usually automatically relate it to something non-human, a creature, you know. Uh, you know, it could be an animal, could be an object, could be anything. But the truth is, the, the definition of creature is something that's been created. And so we're creatures. Um, before you're saved, you're a creature. And then after you're saved, you're a new creature. That's what the Bible tells us. And so anything it, that's been created, it can be considered a creature. Uh, the environment, uh, the earth, uh, God's creation, the sun, moon, stars, the, the planets, uh, earth. You know, grass, trees, all these things are creations. Uh, out in our backyard this morning, we've got squirrels and rabbits and, and uh, um, 
chipmunks and birds and there's so many we saw I saw a deer last night right here in front of the house. So there's creatures all over this place. Of course we live right at a big thicket of woods. There's about six acres of woods behind us and so we're they're filled with creatures. <laughs> and so a creature is something that's been created. Now God is not a creature. God was not created. God has always been. In John chapter 1, verses 1 through 3, the Bible says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. So God, the, uh, Jesus Christ, actually the Word, is the Creator. That's who created everything. He's not a creation. He's always been. He's God. But everything else in this vast domain, we just sung that, uh, how big is God, this vast domain. Everything in this vast domain that God created is considered a, a creature or a creation. And obviously anything created can be called a creature, but we see in the Bible that people are also referred to as creatures. Now we rarely would do that. We wouldn't come up and say, well, that creature over there. Now my sister used to call people cretins. Um, it was just funny, but... Uh, we don't usually call people creatures, but the Bible does. In fact, Jesus speaking to his disciples right there at the end before he ascended, and he's out there giving the Great Commission. And in Mark 16, 15, he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. So therefore, he's speaking about lost people there. Because people that are saved don't need the gospel preached to them. And so he's speaking to unsaved or about unsaved people as being creatures. And like I mentioned already, once you become saved, you become a new creature. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5 and 17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. So in essence, we have been recreated. We've been recreated. Our spirit and our soul has undergone a new creation. Uh, it's the new birth where it's referred to. But it, we're new creatures. Here in our opening text in Romans 8 and 19, when Paul is using this word creature, I believe he's referring to all of creation and all that are saved. I don't think he's talking about the lost here. I really don't. Because it says that these the, the creature is he's earnestly expecting and waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. The lost are not doing that. Lost people, the lost creatures, are not earnestly expecting or waiting on the revealing or the manifestation of God's children or sons. Uh, the Bible refers to them as both ways. And so the lost could care less about God. They hate God. They hate Jesus Christ. They hate Christians. So they are not who is speaking to about right here. So it's reasonable to say, when he says creature, he's referring to all of creation. That would be this, this earth, this planet that we live in and on, and all those that are saved. Because we're going to see in a minute, he refers to us, those that are saved. He writes, for the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth. Now we know what earnestly expecting something means, right? <laughs> if you're earnestly expecting something. Uh, that word earnest means an eager longing and desiring. So you're eagerly and desiringly 
expecting. Expectation means to be expecting or looking for something. So you're eagerly looking for something to come. Uh, it reminds me when I was a kid growing up. My dad was a Knox County school teacher. School teachers got paid once a month, and it was on the 25th of every month. Now, we knew on the 25th, around noontime, the mailman was going to come and bring Dad's paycheck to the mailbox. And, boy, you better believe we were ready for it. It was the only time we got to go out. We, we would go out on payday, and Dad would go to the bank, and Mom, or Mom would go to the bank with Dad's check and cash it. And uh, then Mom and uh, or our Mom and all of us kids, we'd all pile in the car. Sometimes Dad, if he was off or something, we all would go together. But we waited. We earnestly were expecting that mailman to show up and bring that check so we could go out on the town. We'd get all cleaned up, dressed up. Not dressy, but nicer looking clothes. So we could go out because we wanted to go to Kmart. Uh, Kmart was the end-all, be-all of places to go. We didn't have air conditioning in the house. So we knew on payday we'd get to go to Kmart and walk in that door and feel that cold air. You could just open the door of Kmart and the cold air would just blow on you. We Boy, we love that. So we were waiting for that. We knew we were going to get to eat out. We usually get something from McDonald's. I used to like to get the filet of fish and french fries and, you know, things like that. But we rarely got to do anything except on payday. So when the 25th of the month rolled around, we were earnestly expecting and waiting on that mailman. Well, our house uh, faced the road. Mom and Dad's house was up on a hill on Maloneville Road, and in in the front of the house was large windows, and we had a couch right in front of that. Well, me and my sister Pam, uh, Jennifer may have later on, but I can remember me and my sister Pam, my older sister, we would get on that couch, put, put our knees on, on it, you know, turn around backwards on the couch with our arms up on the back of the couch, looking out the window. It'd be around noontime because we knew the mailman was going to come around that time. And we'd wait. Mom would be in there getting ready and dressed up to, to go out. And we would sit there and wait and look down that road for the mailman to come. And when, as soon as we saw him come around the curve there on the Lover Road toward our house, we'd yell out in the house, Here comes the mailman! You know? And so we knew he was about to go out there and get that check and then go out. Well, me and Pam were there one day and we were looking out that window. And it came around time for that mailman. And we waited and we saw him come, and he drove right past the mailbox. And it was the 25th of the month. It was payday. We were dressed up, ready to go out. And that mailman drove right by our house. Didn't leave a check. And we were flabbergasted. We didn't know what in the world was going on. And we run and told the mom, you know, he didn't stop. He kept on going. Oh, no. You know, we, we got bills to pay. We got places to go and things to do. And we got to buy groceries and, and all this. And he didn't come. Now, I don't know why he didn't come. I can't remember. And I called my mom yesterday to ask her if she remembered. And she couldn't remember what had happened. But she certainly remembered it happening. But we were earnestly expecting and waiting on that mailman to come. But he drove by and let us down. You can rest assured, earnestly expecting and waiting on the Lord Jesus Christ. He will not let us down. He'll be right on time, on his time. It'll be right on time, and it's all going to be perfect. And you talk about a payday. <laughs> That's going to be some payday. Uh, but Paul writes here in Romans chapter 8, verse 19, that second part of that verse, that the creation is earnestly expecting and waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. 
That word manifestation means appearing, coming, or revealing. So the revealing or the appearing or coming of the sons of God. So if it's, it is for the appearing of the sons of God. Now who are the sons of God? Well, in the Old Testament, sons of God, angels are referred to as sons of God. That's not who it's talking about here in the New Testament. I, I, I'm 99.9% I'm sure it's not speaking about angels here in the New Testament. But sons of God is referring to children of God. People that have believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. They're part of his family. And as we studied there uh, the week before last, they're heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. So we become part of his family. We're adopted into the family of God. That's what the Bible said. We're sons by adoption and been made heirs, joint heirs with Christ. So that makes us the sons of God. So that's who it's talking about, saints, Christians. We call usually saints Christians. We don't use the word saint much. Uh, those Roman Catholics do. They want to saint everybody. But uh, uh, here in, um, remember what we read there. Look, if you want to look up in verse 16 and 17 of Romans chapter 8. We read it uh, the other day. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. So there it is. So the revealing or appearing or manifestation of the sons of God is when we are glorified with God, together with God. See, all this flowing through Romans chapter 8 is building upon the previous verses. So when Paul said that we're going to be glorified together with him, here he's telling us that the sons of God are going to be revealed. And when the sons of God are revealed, we're going to be glorified along with God, with Christ. So if we're saved, we're made children of God. Children of God are sons of God. Now we know from reading our Bibles that when Jesus returns, that he will be bringing along with him his saints. Now there's numerous passages of scripture. I'm going to give you a few. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 13, Paul, of course, writing to the church of Thessalonica, great truths. And, of course, they were real concerned about uh, those that had already gone on and were had died and died as a Christian, didn't know exactly what was going to happen. Are they going to remain in the ground? Are they going to be resurrected? What's going to happen with them? And so he explains a lot about that. But in 1 Thessalonians three thirteen, he says, To the end... He may, may establish your hearts unblameable in holiness before God, even our Father, at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, here it is, with all his saints. So he's speaking about the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when Jesus returns, he's bringing along with him, it says, all his saints. All his saints. did say part of his saints. All his saints. So by this time, the church has been raptured out of here. We've been called up, snatched up, and we're coming along. Now, if you've already died at this time, your body has been brought up, and you've been given a new body, and you're there with Christ, and we're all coming together with him when he returns. Colossians 3 and 4, When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. There again, a reference to saved people, saints, Christians, sons of God, children of God. And it says, Christ, is our, who is our life? And it's in him that we have life. It's in him that we will be resurrected. It's in him that we'll be glorified. It's in him that we will come along with him when he returns. Jude, in verses 14 and 16, the Bible talks about Enoch. Now remember Enoch, back in the Old Testament, who walked with God. 
uh, was translated out of here. Enoch also, the seventh from Adam, prophesied of these, of these, saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment upon all and to convince all that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds which they've ungodly committed and of all their hard speeches which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. These are murmurers, complainers, walking after their own lust, and their mouth speaketh great swelling words, having men's persons in admiration because of advantage. So there we see that when Christ returns to place judgment upon sinful man, we also come along with him, and we also will rule and reign along with Christ and pass judgment upon those that's, that's here, that's lost. Now we don't talk about it a lot here in our church, but Porchlight Baptist Church believes in a pre-tribulational rapture of the saints. We believe before that seven year of tribulation, we will be raptured out, the church will. Uh, the, God's church, the New Testament church will be raptured out, those are saved. Uh, the dead in Christ shall rise first, what the Bible says, and we will be raptured out of here before the tribulation period begins. And then there'll be the seven years of tribulation. But we, uh, we also believe in the thousand-year reign of Christ, the millennial reign. We're pre-millennial in our beliefs. And so we believe that we'll be, of course, called out here before that happens. And then we'll rule and reign with Christ. We believe that it'll be a literal 1,000 years that he will rule and reign here on this earth when there will be peace on earth. And we believe that uh, we will also rule and reign along with him. Now, believe it or not, there's some that are teaching and preaching today that the millennial reign has already occurred. Some say that it, we're in it right now. Well, that could not be true because in the millennial reign, the devil is locked in the bottomless pit for a thousand years. And uh, he certainly is not locked up now. There's certainly people are, are worshiping the devil as we speak. He is a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He's walking over the face of this earth. And he is alive and well. Uh, but we do believe that there will be a thousand year reign of Christ. We will sit on the throne of David, his father, and reign there. And the truth is, all of creation, ever since the first sin, when Adam committed that sin, and the Bible tells us it was through the one man that sin came, Adam, and because of that, creation, all of creation was also cursed because of sin. You know, when we think about sin, we think about how man was cursed. And man was cursed, but so was this earth. The ground was cursed. Um, Romans 8 and 20 says, For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who has subjected the same in hope. And the creature, of course, talking about again creation and, and all, uh, the Bible says they, the creation was made. The creature was made subject to vanity. In other words, fruit, fruitlessness, uh, emptiness, um, no good. Uh, it was made subject to that by He. It says uh, by reason of Him who had subjected the same. hope. that's the Lord is speaking about. The Lord subjected them to vanity, uh, uselessness. And in, in other words, cursed. The Lord cursed them, and we find that actually in the Book of Genesis. Genesis chapter 3, verses 17 through 19, the Bible says, And unto Adam he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. Listen to this. Cursed is the ground 
for thy sake. In sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns also and thistles shall it bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread, till thou return unto the ground. For out of it wast thou taken, for dust thou art, and unto dust shalt thou return. Now, there is so much that happened because of that sin. You do realize, don't you, that before that sin, all of creation was perfect. There were no problems at all. There was no death. Nothing had died up to that point. No trees died. No grass died. Nothing wilted and withered and, and uh, nothing had bugs eating away at it and things like that. It was all perfect. God created it that way. There were no earthquakes, no tornadoes, no droughts, uh, no pestilence, no dead things. Uh, nothing had ever died up until that sin was committed. Then after that, death came. Death came to man. Death came to the earth. Death came to animals. Death came to all of creation. Death came. Death, along with rot, decay, mildew, mold, disease. Now, ever since then... The creation has groaned. It's groaned. Under the curse of sin, it's been eagerly expecting the, the manifestation of God's sons. In other words, the return of Christ to set everything back to the way it should be. That day is going to happen. But that cannot happen until the return of Christ and the manifestation of His saints, the sons of God, and that's what our next verses is speaking of, back in Romans chapter 8, verse 21. It says, Because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. That, uh, that phrase, travaileth in pain, it's uh, symbolizing how a woman in labor travails in pain having a child. And what the Bible is saying here, all of creation has been doing that since the fall of man and the curse that's, that God placed upon the creation. It's been groaning and travailing in pain together. And it's been waiting, eagerly expecting, earnest expectation of the return of Christ and the manifestation of the sons of God. Uh, we talk a lot about the troubles of mankind because of sin, but think about the troubles of the earth because of man's sins. God cursed it. Um, this so-called green push that you hear about today by these uh, left-wing nut jobs out there. Uh, you probably heard about the legislation introduced by New York Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, uh, also referred to as AOC in the media. Uh, she introduced what is referred to as the new or the Green New Deal. You remember she did that back when President Trump was in office. Now he really made fun of that thing, and, and right, rightfully so. But their goal is to reach a net zero greenhouse emissions in a decade. In other words, the, what they're trying to do is to make the Earth perfect, take away all the greenhouse gases and the effects that uh, all uh, pollution and things has on our environment. And so they introduced all kinds of crazy pie-in-the-sky stuff uh, to, to reach this goal of, of zero, net zero, uh, am I saying that right? Net zero greenhouse emissions. 
in a decade. So we got to get rid of cars, we got to get rid of airplanes, we got to get rid of motorcycles, and believe it or not, we even got to get rid of cows. Cows are so gassy, cow flatulence is 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 contributing to the you know the greenhouse effect here on Earth and destroying our, our ozone layer. So cows have got to go. How about we just give them some gas in it? <laughs> but listen, all that stuff is just as stupid as the people that introduced it. It's ridiculous. Things are not ever going to return back to normal or perfect until Christ comes and the manifestation of the sons of God. Until then, this earth is going to continue to rot. It's going to decay. It's going to have disease. The ozone is going to deplete. The, the waters are going to be polluted. Uh, the air is going to get polluted. We're going to continue having these these so-called pandemics, even though this one was man-made and forced upon us, there's going to be more of that. It's going to continue until Christ comes. It's not going to get better. The, the Green New Deal, they might as well throw that out the window because it's, it's nothing but a failed uh, idea. Uh, the earth's not going to be perfect until the Lord comes and the sons of God are manifested. Then all of creation is suddenly going to change and change drastically. Listen to what it says in 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 10 through 13. Peter writes, But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in all holy conversation and godliness, looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat? Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. There the Bible is very clear on what's going to happen. God's going to destroy this current atmosphere, this earth, the heavens and earth. He's going to make new. And these new ones are going to be perfect, the same as they were in the beginning when God created the Garden of Eden and he had a perfect environment and perfect everything. We're not worried about greenhouse effects or, or cow flatulence. Um, it's all going to be perfect. Now, God is going to make this earth a paradise, and we read about it. Isaiah chapter 65, all the way back in the Old Testament. Isaiah 65, 17, the Bible says, For behold, I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former shall not be remembered, nor come into mind. Neither will the, the Green New Deal. None of that's ever going to be remembered or come into mind. Um, Isaiah 11, 6 through 7. This is the effects all this is going to have. The wolf also shall dwell with the lamb, and the leopard shall lie down with the kid, and the calf and the young lion and the fatling together, and a little child shall lead them, and the cow and the bear shall feed, their young ones shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. How different it's going to be in that day when everything is perfect. Can you imagine a lion just laying down and eating straw like an ox? Not going around looking for meat, to eat. That's what lions do. They eat meat. And uh, you know, we had a few dead squirrels in our backyard last night. This morning they're gone. Something out there come and got them. Probably a fox. Uh, we, we usually have a fox back there in the woods. Comes around and gets anything that's laying out there in the yard. But they were gone this morning. But when 
All this turns perfect again. There'll be no more of that. Animals, from all indications, are not even going to die. Uh, man's not going to die. It's going to be perfect. And, you know, we always think about that phrase. We hear it all of our life. The, the lion shall lay down by the lamb. That's where this comes from. So that particular phrase is actually not in your Bible. It's, it's pulled from these verses right here. Um, the wolf also shall go with the lamb, and the leopard shall lie down with the kid. Um, but all of this is what creation has been waiting for. What creation has been earnestly expecting. And what creation has been groaning for. And all that's going to come to pass. Look at verse 23 back in Romans 8. And not only they. So here we see it. Not only the creation, the world, the creature that God created, the, the animals and the, and the earth and trees and all that. Not only have they been groaning, but ourselves also. Now when Paul says ourselves, he's referring to saints, Christians, because he is one. And when he's, he's speaking to saved people, the Romans here, he said, now we ourselves, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit. When you get saved, you have the Holy Spirit that dwells within you. We have the first fruits of the Spirit. So we all that list of the of the fruit of the Spirit that we have, you know, goodness, gentleness, meekness, all that stuff, that's the first fruits of it. Even though we have the first fruits of the Spirit, we still have to suffer in body, spirit, and soul. We suffer and we groan, Bible says, uh, within ourselves. We ourselves groan within ourselves. Waiting for the adoption to wit, the redemption of our body. So Paul turns his attention off of creation and places it on us, the saved, the, the new creature. And uh, those that are saved, those that will be appearing with Christ when he comes. Until that time comes, we will continue to groan within ourselves. Our bodies will continue failing. We'll continue to get diseases and sickness and pain and suffering and all these things. We're going to be tired, worn out. These bodies, these temporary tents that we live in, are going to continue to decay. And we too are earnestly expecting to see the return of Christ when the Lord comes and He fully redeems us. Now, we're redeemed immediately when we get saved. We're assured of that. We're redeemed unto the day of, of redemption. So we're saved. We're, we're secure. You don't have to worry about that. But we're looking for that day when that redemption comes to light. When it's fully revealed in us. And I want to I end this message by reading what Paul wrote to the Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 through 14. Ephesians 1, chapter 3, or chapter 1, verse 3, all the way down through 14. He writes, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as He has chosen us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children, by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he has made us accepted in the beloved, and whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. 
wherein he is abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure which he has purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth even in him, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will, that we should be in the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ, in whom ye also trusted, after that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and whom also after that you believed ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, which is, here's the word again, earnest, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession under the praise of His glory. So wonderful, wonderful words of life here. The Lord revealing to us that those who's been saved were earnestly waiting, expecting, uh, not only um, for everything to be put into the right order, but our inheritance, He says, until the redemption of the purchased possession. Jesus purchased us with His own blood on the cross of Calvary, and He is going to redeem us into the praise of His glory. And so the Bible says that we will be with Him in His glory. We'll be glorified with Christ. But meanwhile, while we're waiting, while we're earnestly expecting on this to happen, we, we wait on the return of the Lord and, and Savior Jesus Christ we do what He tells us to do. To live in a life that's pleasing to the Lord. And a life that when He does come, when He does call us out of here, when all this comes to light, that we'll be found walking in the ways of the Lord. That's where we want to be. Well, how tragic it would be or terrible it would be to be walking in the ways of the world or in the ways of the, the devil when the Lord comes. When the Lord called you out of here, imagine if you were dabbling and doing things that are sinful and not, not in the will of God, and He comes to call you out, how embarrassing that would be. We should always walk in a way pleasing to the Lord. So that any moment, in, in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, it's going to happen that fast. He's not going to warn us first. He's not going to say, hey, tomorrow, get yourself ready because I'm coming. No, He doesn't do that. If, if the, the man of the house had known when he, the, the thief was coming, he would have been ready for him. But there's going to be a day when Christ comes like a thief in the night. As quick as that. And we need to be ready. But meanwhile, we are earnestly expecting. We have earnest expectation of the coming of Christ. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, God, we come to you this morning. We thank you so much for allowing us to preach this morning. Lord, for giving us the spirit to be able to open our mouth and, and to... To expound upon the Word of God. Lord, it's nothing I've done. I am nothing. Lord, you, you're the one that's helped me. You gave us the light, Lord, to be able to understand your Word and, and to, to give it out, Lord. And I know your Word won't be returned void. It will go out and accomplish that which you please. Lord, I'm praying for those that may be listening right now that's not in your will. God, they may be saved, but they're out of your will. They're not living for you. They're not doing the things of God. Lord, and if you returned right now at this very moment, they'd be found in a place they should not be. I pray for them. Lord, I pray for those that are lost, that 
doesn't know the salvation of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray that you'll convict their heart and show them the need to be saved before it's too late. Because, God, they're not going to be in store for what's to come. Lord, they're going to be cast into a lake of fire where they will burn for eternity and pay for their wickedness and sin. Lord, I pray for them. I pray that they'll see the light before it's too late. Lord, help us as a church be able to do the right thing, to share the gospel. Thank you for giving us the, the opportunity to share over places like Sermon Audio and Facebook and YouTube. Lord, all these media outlets that were able to reach those that are all over this world, thank you for those that are listening. And Lord, we just uh, thank you for all your blessings that you placed upon this church. And these things we ask in the name of Jesus. Amen. What a wonderful thing to think about. And all this gets put to right. All the wrong that's been made is going to be righted. All this earth is going to be changed. And uh, it's going to be a paradise. And I'm looking forward to that day. But uh, are all hearts and minds clear this morning? All right. Well, don't forget next Sunday, we're not having services here at Porchlight. I've been invited again to preach at Northside Baptist Church while they're without a pastor. And I fill in when I can for them. And so you come out to Northside. They're on Bernard Avenue there in Knoxville, just off Central. And uh, right across from the big... Uh, uh, military cemetery that's up there. Um, they're right across the road from it. So come out and be with us at Northside. It's a wonderful little church. And uh, I believe you'll be blessed by it. But until then, good Lord willing, the creek don't rise. We'll see you next time.